Welcome to the Playmaker Podcast, a podcast for people who want to sell different. Playmakers wage war against traditional sales and win. Remember, success is just one play away. Welcome everybody to the Playmaker Podcast. We're going at it again here. We're going to go to a little different place. Oftentimes we focus on North America, but today we're bringing a guest in from South America, Brazil, if I'm not mistaken. Gentleman's name is Daniel Bounds. He is the CEO of Vendas, a B2B Academy. Daniel, how the heck are you? I'm amazing, Gabe. Thank you very much for the invitation. <laughs> totally. I'm really, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. Daniel is, um, they're doing a cool virtual event uh, out of Brazil. A lot of cool stuff coming out of Brazil. I got to find a way to get down there. Um, and when he told me about it, I said, hey, I want to get down there. And then we were chatting and I said, hey, I'd love to hear um, you know, some of the cool things you guys are doing, some best practices, etc. So we thought we'd have him on. So again, welcome, Daniel. Can you tell us um, a little more about yourself and what you guys do over there in uh, B2B Academy? Definitely. Uh, we, we work with, with B2B sales consulting and education. We have live events and online events. Our next online event will air on March. Uh, where I interview you and many others like Marco Berge, Stalyefti, Emma Ross, David Scott, Doug Landis, Trisha Bertuzzi, a lot of uh, great people. We're really excited. Uh, so uh, about, about myself, I work with all my life with consultancy. I did all kinds of uh, consultancy and strategy process. I managed many projects. Then I moved to sales about uh, five, six years ago. Uh, and then I just uh, fell in love. And you just stayed there ever since. Is that right? That's just yeah. the way it's worked out. I love it. Uh, yeah. So I want to get into this topic. I got a couple questions for you, though, before we do. One is, um, outside of work, what are you passionate about? Any uh, fun stories, embarrassing moments? Uh, um, you're a, <laughs> you're a surfer. Um, you you eat pineapple. I, I don't know what you know. Whatever, some, something more Brazilian. That's that's probably offensive. Well, yeah, anything you like to do that's outside of work. <laughs> well, I love travel. I always have loved to travel. I live abroad in many places, like the United States. When I went to high school in the U.S., I did my junior year there in a small town nearby Houston called Friendswood. Yep. Uh, and I lived for a year in the American family, uh, had a great time in, 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 in the United States, and also lived in Mexico and, and Belgium. So I think, I think traveling is my uh, biggest passion. Hmm. Uh, I'm always also crazy about soccer. Uh, I'm really one of those uh, really crazy about my, my team and the national team uh, oh, as yeah. well. Hey, man. Yeah, you should. I mean, I don't know anything about soccer, but I know Brazil's got some great – it's got some great soccer stuff coming out. Yeah. A- <laughs> You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, two more questions before we jump in. One, um, you know, you obviously CEO of a company, you do some cool stuff. You run into an aspiring leader. What would be the one piece of advice you'd give them about kind of growing or becoming a respectable leader in, uh, in Brazil? Well, uh, I'm, I'm really uh, passionate about everything that I do. 
Uh, I think that translates to, to everybody who, who works with us. Uh, we have a really, really, really passion team. We work a lot. <laughs> and uh, that's how, how we've been. Be passionate, been, huh? Yeah, I think it's, I think it's, it's fundamental. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you, you know, I've always felt like sometimes when I've interviewed sales reps, man, if you can, if you can find something that they're passionate about, I mean, passionate people, they sometimes find that they can be passionate about multiple things. So I like that one. Um, Last question I wanted to ask before we get into this concept of kind of playbooks and building the customer around it. It's just Brazil in general. I mean, for those of us who are, you know, based here in the U.S. and got a lot of our listeners here, we've got a decent number over jumping across the pond, um, you know, uh, England, London, uh, MIA type of, type of region. But what, um, what is, what's going on down there? I mean, is there a boom in kind of this remote slash, you know, digital slash inside sales? Or give us kind of the overview on the state of sales in Brazil. Yeah, there's a, a big, a huge movement here around inside sales. It's something very new for us. Uh, I think we are a few years behind. Uh, but in the past five years, uh, it grows a lot. A lot of companies uh, start to moving their inside, their field sales to inside sales teams. Um, a lot of startups growing using what like, best practice is about inside sales. So there's a lot of talk about inside sales. Yep. yep. There's a lot of uh, Aaron Ross uh, predictable revenue book was translated to Portuguese recently. Then also created a, 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 a lot of noise here. A lot of hmm. people trying to implement it. So as I said, we are a few years behind. <laughs> but but there's a lot of companies uh, growing really fast using the inside sales uh, model. So we, we are really hungry to to know more about it and to learn more about. Uh, about that with you guys interesting well yeah i mean there's always plenty of knowledge out there but always obviously results trump just about everything um well good so let's dive into this so um you obviously run a company you guys do some fun stuff in the area of sales remote sales but one of the things you've kind of honed in on is this concept of a playbook and i want to take a step back when you and i were talking pre-show why is it so important that a company should even have a playbook and what 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 do we even what is that What, what is a playbook well, uh, everybody is trying to to get some uh, repeatable, scalable uh, process, sales process. Everybody is, is, is trying to get some, um, as I said, it's not, not only about uh, the Aaron's Ross book, but everybody's trying to find models that gives us predictability. And so having a process uh, of structured, uh, well-developed, train your reps, you can uh, draw your team selling at the same time and trying to get the same results, it's, it's really important. So what we are trying to, to do with our clients is helping them to uh, intentionally create a, a process around their buyer and uh, document that and help them use it to train uh, their teams and help them to scale 
in, in a repeatable and scalable way. Got it. Got it. So yeah. So playbook, I mean, something you recognize or recommend everybody have, but it's some sort of outline design to kind of help you be successful. What is, um, you were just alluding to it a little bit, but as, as a company or as a sales leader says, I got to think about how to build myself, my team, a playbook. Um, what are some of the key ingredients uh, to a playbook that actually works. Um, th- thoughts on that? Yeah, usually we, we have uh, all the, the stages. We define the, yeah. the sales process stages. And for every stage, we have uh, the goal and the activities. One thing that's really important in a customer-centric approach is having uh, criteria to exit one stage to go to another. And usually we use we use something that the customer tell us and not something that the sales person thinks. For example, we, we use questions as triggers to move a, a prospect from one stage to another. For example, uh, solving this problem right now is one of your priorities. Uh, if us well, so you can move them to one stage to another. So I think it's find the, the stages, the goal, uh, the activities, the questions that you usually ask in those uh, stages, the criteria to exit that stage, what tools we, we use, uh, what are the reasons that we might lost the prospect in that stage, or some of the elements that we uh, use in our playbooks. Yeah. Yeah. Do you find when people you mentioned kind of the the, the sales process and the and the deal stages? What's the most common mistake you find with deal stages? Um, is it just that people don't kind of provide the you mentioned kind of entrance and exit criteria, or what? what, what where, where does the problem lie? Uh, we we most of the times we see companies using and um, uh, modeling their process around their salespeople mm. and on the, around the buyer journey. Uh, okay. I think that's a, a big misconception yeah. uh, because when we are just thinking about uh, our our team and what our salespeople are doing, we usually miss out some things that the customer is trying to do and we don't include that in our process. Got it. Got it. What does, um, when you think, I mean, how, how do you make sure you don't do that? Is it, because um, I think the necessary steps usually says, hey, let's talk to our sales team and figure out what their process needs to be. And um, how, how do you make sure you bring the customer into that? Is it just some interviews? Or you try to get the customer version of it? Or how, how do you bring those two together? Yeah, we usually uh, map buying reviewing uh, customers that recently bought someone that just went through all the process, all the sales process, and try to understand what were the steps that they take uh, in their company and with our sales process and with our salespeople. Uh, we also map out all internal sales process, and we usually find some gaps yeah. about what the, what the customer is doing and what our salespeople uh, are doing. Usually we find some gaps, and then it's an opportunity to create uh, something new to help the customer in their process. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Now, you talk about, I've heard you mention it a couple times, but you like this idea of a repeatable or scalable process, um, and it's something it sounds like 
the country as a whole is starting to rally around a little bit. What are some of the elements of a of of this mo- motion of a repeatable and scalable pro- a process that you feel like companies got to focus on to win? Uh, well, just uh, I think every company is is in one of those three stages. Uh, when they're beginning, they're searching for the product market fit and just uh, trying to close some customers and and get them to get uh, have success with your solution. So when uh, when we uh, a company get to this point, I think we go to this second stage of searching for a repeatable, scalable, profitable uh, model. Uh, what, what we want in this stage is to get a point where we are really confident that for every dollar I invest in marketing and sales, I will get three to five dollars mm. in revenue yeah. in the other, in the other uh, uh, in the end of the process. Yeah. So this is this is what we're trying to to build uh, a process where we are confident, we invest in, in lead generation, uh, and, and sales should turn this this leads to to opportunities and closes deals in a repeatable uh, way. So it's the famous CAC LTV ratio. So mm. if you invest one dollar in cost of acquisition, you can get three to five dollars of, of LTV in the other side. Yep. That's what we're trying to, to build. And usually the first is just trying, uh, there is an overlapping with the search for product market fit phase and closing some early sales. Uh, usually with together successful, but there's, when we get to a point where the, the uh, the founders have to uh, build uh, actually a first sales team. We call this MVP of sales. Mm. <laughs> we use the, the Lean Startup concept as our first sales team. Uh, for us, is two salespeople, uh, two salesperson, known founders that have 100% of their quota for a quarter. Mm. That's what we, the first step in this process is to have two sales, salespeople, the non-founders, uh, achieving uh, 100% of their quota for 90 days or for a quarter. Hmm. Uh, when, we, when we get that, then we're just trying to duplicate and uh, repeat and scale this model. Yeah, interesting. Um, do you feel like, um, I mean, you've obviously studied, well, I, w- I want to go there in just a minute. I want to ask you one more, one more question before we do. But um, as we continue down this path of optimizing playbooks, um, there, there is this idea that, 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 you know, this concept of kind of hacking it, of, of just being able to say, hey, you know, sometimes you're either going to win with it or you're not going to win with it. What, 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 if someone creates a playbook, they've got some meat to it, what what helps someone really put that playbook into into their company and make them win or then not win with it? Great, uh, great question. Because uh, I know a lot of companies that have created their playbooks, but nobody uses it. <laughs> <laughs> so so we definitely have to think about how to implement it and, and make it this part of the. The routine of their yeah, and, and I mean, th- th- I mean, that's just a problem across the board. Is there any secrets you found to get people 
to actual in salespeople. I mean, they're tough, right? They're they're, they're tough nuts yeah. to crack. Anything you found to get, be successful to kind of get these sales reps moving, doing it, using it? Yeah, yeah. We, we create checklists for every element of the playbook, hmm. and we do it in our uh, coaching sessions. So we listen to the uh, the calls, and we go through those checklists. Uh, to evaluate if people are actually doing what they supposed to do in a, in a systematic way. So, for example, uh, if there is a first stage of uh, where the SDR approach the customer, we have, for example, one checklist that is: uh, Do he greet the, the prospect properly? If he says nicely, has humor and enthusiasm. Right. When he starts to talk with the, the customer, uh, is he initiate the conversation with rapport, talking mm-hmm. about something that he researched uh, on LinkedIn or something he researched in some ways? Uh, he demonstrates that he has seen the, web, the customer's website and understand his profile and needs. Uh, if he uses the prospect's name during the call, that's just an example that we use in the stage of connection right. with the SDRs. Right. So we break all the playbook in small checklists and we use this in our uh, coaching sessions when one listening to the calls um, has made a, a huge impact. And when since we started doing this, uh, we have seen amazing results. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds like those are some of the secret sauces to it. Let me Let me kind of finish it up with this. Do you feel like... I mean, you've obviously interacted with myself and, uh, you know, a lot of U.S. people from this. How much different do you feel like some of the best practices you just talked about are in comparison U.S. versus Brazil? I mean, a lot of the same things working. Are you finding that in Brazil that you've got to kind of tweak different things? You've got to look at things a lot differently? Or is it, hey, principles are, are kind of principles? I think principles uh, are principles. Uh, there, are, of course, there are, are differences. Uh, the U.S. market is a lot more uh, competitive. Competitive. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so, if people there in the U.S. they receive more calls, they receive more emails. So it's it's, it's harder there. Uh, but we are trying to 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 learn the best practices with uh, with the companies, especially from the valley. Uh, and there, of course, there are cultural differences. For example, voice mails for us doesn't actually doesn't work. Hmm. Nobody listens to voice mails here. <laughs> uh, WhatsApp, WhatsApp, it's huge in Brazil. That's right. So there are a, a lot of sales people uh, are jumping and using it uh, in the sales process. Hmm. Interesting. So I think there's a few differences, but but I think the, some of the core principles as, as, still apply. Yeah, yeah, the principles are the same. Interesting. Well, Daniel, it's um, real interesting to kind of talk about. I love kind of seeing some of the uniqueness and differences from culture to culture. Always good to hear that, you know, kind of sales is sales is sales. A lot lot, lot of stuff still (laughs) applies, but I appreciate your overview on building a playbooks and some of the lessons learned as you've gone about your activities with some of your clients and and, and also your experience. Uh, If someone wants to learn a little bit more about you or get in touch, what's the best way to do that? Uh, I think LinkedIn, my LinkedIn is the, is the best place. 
because I think if I spell my, our, our website, <laughs> nobody will understand uh, yeah, because right. there's a Portuguese word in the middle. Uh, yeah, I better make so, sure I put a link to it. I'll put a link in the show notes <laughs> to his LinkedIn uh, just so everybody can find it because I had a struggle kind of even saying your last name and it's not that difficult, <laughs> but I've slaughtered a lot of last names, so apologize. <laughs> no, you got it right. Mine, you got it right. Well, we'll make sure we get that in the show notes. And again, Daniel, thanks so much for joining for the audience. Remember, success, it's always just one play away. <laughs> 